All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to episode 14 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Let me set up today's conversation. I love Twitter. I like to think of Twitter as, you know, like a global coffee shop or the the water cooler where you gather with people for interesting conversations. Twitter truly has been my portal to meeting amazing people and discovering monumental movements from all over the world. Today's podcast is living proof of just that. A few months ago, I stumbled upon Rank and File magazine through Twitter. Then, using the one-two punch of Twitter and LinkedIn, I connected with Carrie Ingay, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Rank and File. That spawned a, a series of tweets, LinkedIn exchanges, and email messages that finally led to us connecting here today for this conversation. So I invite you to listen in as Carrie and I talk about the journey of purpose that led to Rank and File Magazine and all of the insights she's gaining that she shares with us so generously through her journey. So I'm excited today to welcome Carrie and Gay to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Hey, Carrie, as we get started, what's something that's important for, for us to know about you to better relate to you and understand you? Yeah, so I'm so excited to be here with you today. I think it's going to be such a fun conversation. And um, I guess the thing that I would want everybody to know about me is that I am a nerd. Um, I love talking about all things purpose-driven entrepreneurship, all things servant leadership, um, to the point where people who love me and spend time with me just tell me to shut up sometimes. Um, and um, yeah, I've basically made my entire life's mission about it. So um, yeah, I hope this conversation is just really fun and useful for your audience. And I'm sure it'll be a blast for me because I love talking about this stuff. All right. So Carrie is editor-in-chief of Rank and File Magazine. Carrie, how do you introduce Rank and File to people who are brand new to Rank and File and know nothing about it? I normally introduce Rank and File by saying that we are a digital publication for purpose-driven entrepreneurs um, and that we focus on um, values. So um, sometimes I call it a value-based business magazine. Um, I tell them that we are a place where we share articles from other humans who just want to give and share freely. Um, So sometimes I say that our articles are written by people for people. Um, So uh, yeah, I'm actually still working through exactly how I explain it. I find that it's evolving over time. I'm in an accelerator program now and we just literally had a pitching session today. And um, I love talking to people about the mission because I find that you know, when you use certain words, it like sparks in their eye. Um, and um, for us, it's all about serving our, our customer and serving those people who, who need us. So yeah, that's basically how I describe it. Um, and it's an, it's an ever-evolving process. Okay. Hey, and, and for you listening, I, I need to give you a little heads up. 
we're doing this conversation. Carrie's in Oslo, Norway, in a shared working space. So every once in a while, you may hear some background noise. But hey, we're just delighted to have the conversation. So Carrie, give us the thumbnail version of the backstory that led you to found or co-found and birth rank and file. So I was a hospitality student in college, and um, that brought me on this crazy worldwide adventure, I guess you can say, around the world. I was an intern on a private luxury mega yacht, um, which had about 200 owners. And I was an intern, and I was just traveling around the world working on this yacht, and I thought that my life was going to be about you know, luxury hospitality management, and it was going to be like really fancy. And I was working for the ultra rich. And two things happened to me. One was that I was traveling around the world. I went to over 40 different countries. And I met um, something called a social entrepreneur. And at the time, I was also very, very um, discouraged by the the type of travel I was planning, you know, the type of travel choices people were making. And I really, I formed this sort of love for our world and this love for using business as a source for good. So that was sort of one thing that was happening. And then the next thing that was happening was that I was um, experiencing really poor leadership in corporate America. You could say I was part of like a cutthroat environment at, at one point in the journey, not the entire journey, but one point of it. And I, I just began to understand the power of leadership. So I began to ask myself questions like, you know, if we're going to make a social impact in business, where does that start? What does that mean? Um, and every time I sort of answered that question and I dug deeper into that question, it, it was more about the internal um, things happening, almost, you know, the internal things happening within the leaders of those organizations where the impact was starting. And so I wanted to start um, a social enterprise. And I thought, how can I make a difference? And I knew that I needed to spread this message that change happens in the, at the core place instead of just kind of tacking on a, a greenwashing kind of you know, social impact spin to your business. It was more about the core values of the leaders who start those businesses. So um, I ventured out and started Rank and File as a place where other social entrepreneurs could learn about you know, what it really means to be purpose-driven. What does it really mean to lead a purpose-driven company? Wow. And I love this. And I love it. It was a few months ago. I guess it was Twitter is how we first met. I stumbled on Yeah, <laughs> it was. And, and I was mesmerized, captivated from the very first encounter. So I'm thrilled to be introducing you and Rank and File to our audience today. Uh, Here's what's on your website, and I, and I want you kind of mentioned this a moment ago, but let's unpack this for a moment. Rank and file, a place for purpose-driven entrepreneurs who believe people are worth serving and business can create change. You go on from there. When we decide people are the most important part of the process, business goes from a simple transaction to a powerful and sustainable solution. Right, Carrie, I love that sentence. How did, how did you discover those two key tenets? You were talking about that, but I mean, people are worth serving combined with business can create change. Yeah, it came to me sort of in the opposite order, right? So I was on that chip and I was learning about social entrepreneurship 
entrepreneurship, geeking out on it, like totally like, you know, just thinking that all other business models were terrible, you know, I was just going through this learning cycle. And then when I started asking myself questions about what actually makes impact possible, that's when I realized, no, this is about how we view human beings, how we view our role in the world. Um, what do we really value? And I realized that if we keep people as the core purpose um, and the core focus of our businesses, that that's what actually makes business um, businesses able to create a change. So then I sort of swapped it and I said, no, people are really worth serving. And because of that, business can create change. Mm. And um, for me, it brought so much more meaning into business. Um, I'm from an entrepreneurial family. So I have always been like, I just love like the whole model and the whole sales thing. And I, I was brought up around that. But for me, when I was able to make it much more meaningful, it just brought everything alive for me. It, it changed it from a transaction to something just truly beautiful. And so that's what I hope our, our content does for people is turn something uh, into a really purposeful, thoughtful, and meaningful process for them as a founder, not just you know, the, about the models and about, you know, all the social innovation stuff. It's more of a profound, I guess, experience for, for the rank and file reader. Awesome. Yeah. So we've also got this shared love for servant leadership in our journeys there. And one of the things I discovered years ago that, that you're talking about here, that every business is a people business, even if they don't see themselves that way. You know, people are at the heart and the core of every business. And I love all of the movements. And I want to come in a few minutes. I want to talk about movements because rank and file is really part of a movement. But first, before we go there, let's unpack this mission before we get into the movement. And, and Carrie, I, I was spending time on your website and I was just blown away. Um, so Thank you so much. Pardon? I said, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh uh, what I'm so before we get into the mission, let, let's hold that a moment. Let me just ask: What was the journey to clarifying this mission? Did it begin with this much clarity? If so, that would be miraculous because <laughs> very few entrepreneurs begin with that much clarity. Or, or you know, was it iterations, iterative and journey, and you you found versions of it and put it together? So, talk about the journey, and then we'll unpack the mission. Yeah, so I love that you asked me that because one of the things that Rank and File does and, and tries to do in every single thing we publish, every single person I interview, is to find um, the person's journey. Because I really do feel like most business magazines, even in the social impact space, they're sort of highlight reels. So they'll show you, you know, only the great stuff or they'll put a founder up on a pedestal and make everyone else feel like they aren't good enough. And... Um, or it's just like an expert who just wants press. And so it's a, it's a taking transaction. It's not a serving transaction. And so um, I always try to find the journey. And I always notice that there's all these like iterations, like you said, in every single person's journey. And it's really encouraging. So I love to share mine. Okay. <laughs> and um, so the very beginning of Rank and File was not as clear as it is today. In fact, I, like I said, I'm still finding um, the exact, you know, way to go. I think every single company is that way and should be that way to be ever evolving. Um, when I first started, I knew that it wanted to be I wanted it to be focused on social entrepreneurs. Um, 
but I, I wasn't as um, aware, I guess, like consciously of how my past, how this, these past like aha moments were actually building out the personality of the brand. And it wasn't until I was invited to speak at a summit um, for a company in Australia called Start Some Good. Um, they are a crowdfunding um, organization for social projects in Australia. And they asked me to speak to their entrepreneurs at this summit, which was amazing. And he challenged me. He said, I want you to do like a TED Talk. He's actually a col- the CEO is a columnist of Rank and File. And he said, Carrie, like, I'm, I know your story. I know you personally. And I want you to try to do like a whole TED Talk of like the story behind Rank and File. And so I was like, oh, no, I have to like talk for 15 minutes about rank and file. And I've never done that before. I don't know what to do. And um, one of my business mentors and who's sort of become a coach, she said, like, why don't you try to dig into your story and find the key lessons um, that you learned and then bring those full circle to rank and file. And it was the coolest thing because I started thinking about my journey and all of these people and these terrible things that happen sometimes in that in that journey you know the times when i was you know going through something really hard and i saw rank and files values just like mm. in the story and through that i was just able to really concretely talk about rank and file so from that came you know, all the values you see today. So, um, you know, be vulnerable, for example, is one of the things that rank and file um, really stands for. And that happened because of a terrible leadership scenario that happened in my past. That was like, you know, just this terrible dramatic story. And so, yeah, it's sort of been like an organic process of uncovering the values. Um, And uh, it was almost like a self-discovery journey, I guess you can say, to really see that, you know, all these crazy experiences really is what shaped the brand. I love it. I love it. And uh, one parallel I want to make for listeners, if you've heard the Gary Ridge interview, Gary Ridge is the CEO of the WD-40 company. And I love how Gary has woven his personal values into the company values and his personal mission in life is to make memorable moments create positive memories and now they've adopted that that's the business so you know this that your personal story reflects and manifests through your business venture is beautiful i've got a question for you carrie was this up were you writing this out or, you know, what was the process? And I kind of want to help some people that are thinking, well, gosh, I need to do that. Is that sit down and just do some free writing? Or what was your process? I did. I am a big believer in free flow journaling. So I try to just start writing and see what comes of it. And um, I mean, I love the writing process. That's probably why I decided to start a magazine. But um, I just started writing and I just started um I guess I just started by saying like, what are the things that stick out into my, in my mind that affected me the most? I didn't even think about the things like, what did I learn? It was just what affected me most. And I wrote down like the good parts, the bad parts. Um, and, um, it just, yeah, it just kind of started flowing. I mean, it was lots and lots of pages. (laughs) Um, and, um, and I also, there was a few lessons that I did know consciously. I did you know, understand. And so then those, for those ones, I just tried to come up with a very um, vivid example from, 
from my past. So for example, um, I, in the story that I presented on the summit, I used the example of a love letter. And I was actually in this corporate office and I was sort of berated for signing a Christmas gift for a coworker with love in the signature. Wow. And, and so that really upset me. And, and of course that didn't come out free flowing, you know, as like an aha moment, but I knew that I wanted rank and file to be very human yeah. and very approachable and, you know, to connect and to collaborate with other human beings. And I knew love was part of that. And so for me, it was just, you know, what are the symbols in my story that can really um, connect with someone, you know, you have to have a tangible example sometimes to be able to, to share your story. Um, so in, in the sort of the long version of the one, uh, that I gave, I picked three symbols and then explained what I learned and how those are connected with the rank and file brand. And it's actually been a really cool process. I decided to do an experiment with some rank and file readers to see if, um, that process would help them also, which has been really cool. I put out this thing on the blog that was like, okay, this is what I did and it helped me. So I would love to talk with a few of you and see if we can do the same thing for, for you. And it worked. Like it it's been so amazing to help people unwrap their stories by just talking about their journeys. And you used a word that I was going to interject into the conversation. Then you used it. An <laughs> exercise I use frequently. What was your most vivid encounter of feedback or you know using because vivid it is it's what stands out in our minds and those things that make a really big impression on us so thanks for sharing this story and i hope some people get to, uh and they take the challenge and start writing now let's talk about your mission. rank and file is a community of risk takers who believe people are worth serving and business can create change. We've already unpacked that, except the risk takers part. Together, we strive to, one, focus on service. Everything is rooted in by the inherent value of people. Two, create an even playing field. We don't put people on pedestals. Three, foster a down-to-earth atmosphere. Our community continuously works to be honest, vulnerable, and inclusive. Through this, we find strength. And then four, walk together hand in hand. We need one another in order to find solutions to the world's biggest problems. So we believe in collaboration to create, love the word, abundance for all. So dive into the mission. Talk to us about it. So it was an evolving process. And um, the beginning we sort of touched on um, well, actually, the the very top, I guess you can say, is that I've always wanted rank and file to be a community. I never have wanted rank and file to be this one-sided transaction. And so um, that is an evolving process. There is more coming to rank and file. So that's kind of like a little like teaser there. Um, but it's always been about how do we together collaborate and how do we give and we how do we share together. Um, it's sort of this, you know, two-way service um, idea that I like to think of. Um, so that kind of, you know, sparked the first value, which is focus on service. Um, and, you know, the key value there is just um, understanding that people are the most important part of the, the entire process. Um, that changes how you write an article for a magazine. Um, that changes how what you share um, if you're serving people, you're going to be a lot more um, vulnerable. 
um, if you're truly trying to serve the audience rather than to just get press um, for, for your business. Um, that kind of led me to, to number two, which was to create an even playing field. Um, I wanted everyone to feel like they can make a difference no matter where they were in their journey. So the coolest thing I like to do in rank and file is to pair like the well-known person with the startup entrepreneur or the person like that you have never heard of in your life who like might not even have a, like a website. Maybe they just have a Facebook page and it's so cool because there's so much wisdom that comes from these people's journey and um, you just have to pull it out of them. So uh, Rank and File spends way more time probably than an average media outlet in connecting with our contributors and our interviewees, learning their stories, brainstorming what they have learned in their own journey and how they can share it. Um, and that leads, I guess, to the third one, which is foster this down-to-earth atmosphere. So when we're editing and we're working with the, the contributors on these articles, we are taking out all these words that people think we want in there <laughs> and like removing all this businessy talk and this tone and really making it for humans. It has to be something that's serving and part of that just means being down to earth and being a human and you know talking like a normal person <laughs> the last one is walk together hand in hand and I added that one later because I felt like this true spirit of collaboration is really needed when we're talking about social impact um, and we really needed to um, strive for abundance for all. So instead of um, withholding some information, you know, from quote unquote, like competitors and just using um, your advice as a press tool, it's really about sharing the knowledge that you learned in your area so that other people in the same industries as you can use your knowledge to together, you know, elevate everyone. And so these things, they started as the mantra for the magazine. Now they're the mantra for a growing community because these things can just be um, spread over everything that we do. And I find that the, com the community just has rallied around this mission. They've gotten really excited about it. it. It really creates a really fun, trusting environment for all the rank and file readers. Well, in my work with Purpose, in my journey of Purpose, the one thing the one thing that I would say is most apparent is you can't do it alone. You, you cannot pursue purpose independent. It, it takes a community. It is a community initiative. It's a community effort, and, and we need other people. So I love the whole community aspect of that. Um, the, the one thing I would say, I remember that the when I first started blogging years ago and we were writing newsletters, we finally just trashed all of those from the website, just trashed them because they were so written in the academic focus that we've been trained on and, you know, written to, to get a grade on a paper probably more than to connect with an audience and to, to really write or to connect with people, you have to unlearn so many of the things we were we learned that, that we were taught. So I love the approach. Uh, I was reading the magazine just this morning, um, edition number seven. Right? That's oh wow, thank you. Uh, oh yeah, and, and so we're going to come back talk about movement because that really inspired me. But let me ask this, Carrie: How is your understanding or appreciation of purpose as the foundation for business changed through your length and file journey? 
Yeah, I think it's the most important thing. Um, I didn't know that when I first started. I thought it was wanting to make a difference in the world. Um, I thought it was picking a cause and then championing that cause. And I, and like I said, I was like really sort of um, prejudiced toward social impact models. I, I sort of still am because of the purpose behind those brands. But I began to understand over time that it's really the, I guess, the manifestation of the team's purpose and what they what they see as the most important part of their of their company, um, how they serve, why they serve. Um, it's so cool for me to meet other social entrepreneurs in the space who really get it because some do and some don't. Some don't have a clear idea of their purpose, even if they're, um, I guess, have a social cause or um, some other thing that they give to. Um, so that's why Rank and File exists. It exists so that we can kind of get down to the core of what it means, you know, and, and get rid of all the fluff that can sometimes be around this trendy term. Um, so, yeah, that's a, the entire magazine and the blog or anything that comes from Rank and File is diving deeper into, like, what, what are we really talking about? What are we really striving to do and to be? Okay, so how did you settle on the name Rank and File? Yeah, so I I came about it sort of like not by accident, but as like a backup plan. <laughs> Actually, you know, like oh no, someone stole my name, and the other name was like awful. Um, and I came up with it way before Rank and File hit the shelf, you know, quote unquote. Um, and I remember sitting on the couch with my boyfriend, thinking, "I need a I need a name that just reflects." Um, you know, like striving for a cause. Um, so it wasn't even like this vulnerable, even playing field, approachable thing. Because I wasn't even like consciously aware of that at this point. I I loved all those values and I stood for all those values, but I didn't know how to say them. And I came across them yet. I hadn't. Yeah, they were still like in me somewhere. And um, and I came across the term and the the definition that I think I came across was like, you know, the ordinary members of a troop in an army, mm-hmm. um, not the officers. Yeah. And that, you know, not the officers, not the, the ranking individuals, just the ordinary people. And obviously all these values were in me, even though I didn't know. And I was like, Oh, I love it. It just shows that ordinary people can create change and we're all sort of in this together. And, so I decided to name it Rank and File, and it wasn't until after then that the name started to fit even more perfectly as the brand sort of, um, you know, became what it is today. I love the name. I love, like, the values that it, that it stands for, or just the idea, I guess, that it stands for everybody can create change. And not only that, that we're sort of all in this together as hum- just regular human beings, you know, we're not putting people up on pedestals. We're just all on the same level. Okay, so I've, I've, uh, let me ask this question. This is an observation I've had. There are a few people in the world who aspire and desire to put themselves on a pedestal, right? There, there, we, we, there are those people. They're neurotics of the world. Uh, however, there are a lot of people that are on pedestals not of their making, 
It's other people who have put them on a pedestal. So I've, I've, like I was mentioning, Gary Ridge, CEO of a WD-40 company, a, you know, a global organization. But Gary's one of the most down-to-earth guys on the planet. So he doesn't see himself on a pedestal. Often it's, it's the rank-and-file people who put somebody on a pedestal because of success, because of a title, because of a position. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's the media. I I truly do think it's the media. That's where we learn who these people are. Um, That's where we hear their stories. That's where we know, that's how we know they're successful. If, if um, the news or the media or a book or a conference or, you know, any type of media outlet doesn't tell you someone's successful, you have no idea. I mean, you know, you could be walking down the street with somebody and if you don't know who they are, they mean nothing to you. So I think, yeah, it's, it's the responsibility of the media that's done that. And so um, we, I guess it's, it's really hard not to put someone up on a pedestal when you're sort of um, getting advice from them and seeing them as someone with wisdom and um, someone with great advice. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the ways that we try to do that is just to, to shed light on the imperfect, the imperfect parts of the journey, as I can say. So uh, for example, I talked to Jessica Honiger um, for, I think, issue four of Rank and Vile, and she is um, the founder of the largest and fastest growing um, artisan jewelry company in the world right now, um, Noonday Collection. And I loved hearing her story because her story was like, um, yeah, I was working in a jewelry store, and then I tried real estate. And then, um, I went to Africa to, you know, work on my adoption for my son and these random people gave me some jewelry to sell. And then I held a party in my house and I sold some stuff for my adoption. And then I didn't know how to use, um, PayPal. It was just like a total mess. Um, and yeah, that's the beginning. And you always hear like, the rags to riches story, but I loved the fact that then we talked about the things they were working on now, the challenges that they were overcoming now. And it's just, some, it's, a diff, it's, a, it's a different challenge, but it's still a challenge. And it just shows that we're not all perfect. We're all learning and we're all at a different stage in our journey. Absolutely. And, and the folks that are further along in their journeys most of the ones that I'm fortunate to know, blessed to know, they want to reach back and bring others along. That's the, to me, that's the servant leader aspect of this is recognizing that we didn't arrive where we're at on our own. And so we have a responsibility, perhaps even an obligation to bring others along with us. That's the servant leadership part. So Carrie, I've got a question because I read this somewhere. This is a a part of the mission of Rank and File. So I want to ask how it's done this for you. How is Rank and File helping you personally live a more fulfilled life? Oh gosh, (laughs) it is, um, it is a challenge that is pushing me in all the right places, I guess you can say. So um, I am learning every single day what, um, what leadership for myself and for the team means. And what I'm learning sort of for myself is that um, balance is so important. And I think that 
rank and file is challenging me in those areas because what I'm learning is that a part of serving others is self-care. So if we don't take care of ourselves and we don't understand what makes us whole, we like literally can have nothing left in our tank to serve others with. And at the beginning of rank and file's life, I was a complete like crazy woman, like just, just going like a hundred miles an hour and just so passionate, but just not, you know, I guess not living in a very sustainable manner as far as just like health and wellness and like all of that. And um, it's really challenging me to take a step back to say, okay, if the purpose of rank and file is, is X and I also live personally by those, you know, values and everything. Um, am I missing something in, you know, am I missing part of the purpose in my personal life? And so sometimes I have to take a really difficult, you know, action and step back from rank and file, even when I like really excited and I want to keep working, I need to like unplug and I need to refresh and I need to, you know, focus on the others around me because part of serving in my business, um, if I, I'll say it this way, if um, people are worth serving, then they're worth serving in every single area of my life, not just my business. And so, okay. yeah, right now. That again, that is, that's a good one. <laughs> Let's repeat that. Yeah. So if the thing that's pushing me right now is that if people are worth serving in my business, then they're worth serving in my personal life. And so, yeah, my business is pushing me in my personal life almost more than it is, you know, pushing my business forward. It's helping me define that balance and that focus where I need it. Yeah. For me, the, the way I think of that purpose and servant leadership, uh, an analogy I use a lot in, in workshops is uh, show an image of Mr. Rogers' sweater. And for those that know Mr. Rogers, right? When, when he came in, he put the sweater on at the beginning of the show. Well, that's mm -hmm. not purpose. That's not servant leadership. It's not something you take on and off. If, if it's you, it's 24-7. You're being a servant at home, at work, wherever you're at. It, it carries with you. So I love that you're doing that. So Carrie, what's, what's one thing, what's one way of self-care that you're focusing more on right now in life? What's well, I, I love practical stuff. So I love like profound ideas, but I also really love practical advice uh, because I feel like sometimes things can get a little too fluffy and we like, we just need to sometimes get down to practical solutions for our lives. And so part of me practicing servant leadership or balance or self-care is having a set of rules for myself because I can be more, I, I'm very driven and I'm sure some of your listeners are also really driven and we're not doing things because of any terrible reason. It's just because we're driven and that focus is sort of clouding our vision. So I do a few like very basic things. I have rules for myself. I literally have, this sounds really terrible, but I have a um, reminder, like a, I block out two hours for lunch and I have a reminder that says like, uh, like shut down your computer and eat lunch. And I know that I don't need two hours to eat lunch, but I make myself so that I can, at the end of that lunch, I can call somebody in my family or my network of friends that I have ignored because I'm very bad about just like letting relationships just like, Oh, I'll call them next week or I'll call them. And then the day gets, you know, like crazy and then the month gets crazy and then the year gets crazy. So I literally focus my lunch on, okay, slow down, 
eat without stuffing your face and then have a relational moment in the middle of your day. Um, I also make a rule that I can't work past seven. uh, And that's pretty hard because most of my meetings and stuff are with another time zone. Um, But I know that if I don't shut down at seven and focus on myself, that my brain will keep working. And over time, I won't sleep as well. And then I won't be as rested. And then I'll be cranky. And then it's just a snowball effect. So I would say scheduling myself time is um, a very practical thing that's really helped me. So I'm going to make a note there for some folks. Cal Newport in his book, Deep Work, talks about if you want to do deep work in the morning, you have that starts the night before what Carrie just said, shutting off at seven or after, after you're done for the day. There's no more social media. There's no more late night checks of email because those things stay in our mind. So shutting down and then allowing you to start fresh. Excellent practices, Carrie. Thanks for, for sharing those practical ones. A couple more. We're we're coming to a close on our time here, but I want to make sure we get this. Talk about your observations on the pursuit of purpose as a global phenomenon. Yeah, I have seen it really increase um, over the past few years, even since Rank and File launched a year ago. I've just seen like more of a focus um, on it. I think people are starting to talk about it more. Um, And I don't know if it's because of sort of the the things that are happening in our world, you know, all the scary sort of stuff that makes us feel unsafe. And we're kind of thinking like, what's our role in the world and what's going to happen to us and why does this all matter and kind of just digging deeper. Um, But I think that these things have always been a need in the human, you know, race. I don't think that purpose is something that like just was, you know, like, it's not some innovative idea. It's always been out there. We've always needed to connect with our greater purpose since the beginning of time. And, um, you know, I think at some point in the process, we probably just got disconnected from it through technology and the pace of our lives and just how society has been formed. So I'm overall excited about the fact that people are more focused on purpose, especially in my generation, because I feel like it's just so energizing to meet other like yeah, 20, 30-year-olds who are thinking about these things when sometimes, you know, people way, way further along in their lives haven't even gotten to that point yet. So I think it's a great movement, and I I hope it continues to grow. I'm excited about it, too, and and, and love everything that I'm seeing. Uh, two quick questions, rank and file. How quickly can we do this? One, how quickly can you talk about the three symbols? You mentioned those. I don't want to leave that hanging for anybody. It's like, hey, she talked about these three symbols. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the symbols of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first one, um, it's my favorite because it's kind of, uh, it's so much a part of who I am and it comes from my days in hospitality school in in college. So uh, when I was an intern on this private mega yacht, um, I was, well, I was sort of recruited by accident to be a hostess, like a step-in hostess for the regular hostess who decided to jump ship one day. And, um, and so I spent the next seven months laying napkins on laps and just pulling out chairs and giving um, menus to people. And um, that symbol of laying napkins on laps, it's become something so dear to my heart. It's something that some people think is really um, 
it's not something that, you know, you should be proud of. Like all I do is lay napkins on lap, but it's such a symbol of service for me. And, um, it's such a, I guess, a lowly, you know, task, but it's such a powerful one. And so it became sort of um, the essence of, of the idea that people are really worth serving and those small actions that we can take really um, allow us to make a difference in the world. Uh, the second one was, um, you know, after I sort of sailed around on this yacht and, and had some amazing experience around the world, they transferred me to the corporate office. And it was like a total change of environment where I went from this, yeah, like worldwide, you know, adventure with, you know, working with people from 30 different nationalities and just this, you know, amazing thing, like in a new destination every few weeks to being like stuck in a corporate cubicle. And, um, and I was really... I, I learned so much from that experience, but it wasn't a good experience. It was like the terrible experience that teaches you more than the good one, you know? And um, the there was a lot of things that happened with the leadership, but uh, the love letter is just such a fun one for me because it was such a small thing. And it was it's like one word that I got in trouble for and just the the idea it just showed all the values behind the leadership when they said, you can't use that word, you know, it meant so much. And it, and it really showed how they viewed leadership, how they viewed service, how they viewed the entire point, right? It wasn't about making other people loved. It was about showing that you were professional and that you were hard and cold and process driven, which is totally not the point. Um, the third one is kind of back to this, um, this balanced self-care piece. So I had gone through all these aha moments of, okay, people are worth serving and business, you know, can create change. Um, but then, you know, I started to like run around like a crazy woman, like I said, and one story that, or I guess the symbol that stuck out to me was this big red bus, like the double deckers that you ride when you're a tourist, um, in a city. And I remember being so wrapped up in being the best employee that I could be on that on you know that ship and in the corporate office and they would send me out there to do work on the ship so i was just so focused on being the best employee that i could be that i lost out on all these incredible moments in these places i went to over 200 different destinations and i can't remember the name of half of them and i don't remember being in a lot of them if you show me the the itinerary i have no idea Mm. That's such an amazing opportunity that most people don't get a chance to do. Most people would just die to be able to travel the world like I did. And I lost sight of sort of the entire purpose or the entire, you know, joy of it because I just let myself, um, you know, shift my focus to the wrong thing. And so the big red bus is a, <laughs> is a symbol because one day when I was on the ship in Bordeaux, France, I had about an hour and a half off for work. And I decided like, I'm going to get out today because I haven't gotten out in forever. And I'm going to ride this bus and I don't have time to get off of it, but I'm just going to do the full loop. And I fell asleep because I was so sleep deprived. And, uh, and I was woken up by the driver two and a half hours later. Uh -oh. <laughs> I just fell asleep on the top deck, like, cause the sun was shining and it was so, like so nice outside. And so that story for me is a funny one. And one that I try to remember because it's like, you don't want to just look the reason I love that 
picture in my head. It's like, okay, picture yourself. You're in this gorgeous place and you are, you know, you're in France and you are there on vacation, right? So that could be any, any time. That could be any moment in your life. There's beautiful things happening to your right and to your left and all around you. And you don't just want to look down the entire time. You want to see all the beautiful stuff happening. And that happens every day in our lives when we're, you know, building our businesses, trying to, you know, speak about servant leadership, whatever we're doing, we can get so super focused that we miss all these beautiful moments. Um, so that was the last one. The, the big red bus was, um, yeah, what does this all mean? What's the purpose and how are we living, I guess, joy, joyfully through the process? Mm. Wow. Carrie, that, that, that's just a great way. We're going to end it there. That's such a great way to put a bow on this, uh, to, to not miss the journey. Now, not be so focused on the task that you miss the journey. For folks that want more of rank and file in their life, where do we point them? So I always hang out on rankandfilemag.com. Um, that's where our free magazine is at. Um, we've got seven issues, so they're just all ready and waiting for people to click through and to gain inspiration and, and to hear from all the amazing contributors. Um, I also um, write a full disclosure blog. So I like to shed light on all the parts of the journey, the messy parts, the good parts, the bad parts, what, you know, just like, yeah, basically me as the guinea pig. Um, that's on our blog, which I really, really enjoy. I write there every week. Um, and then we're also on social media. So however people want to connect with us, we, we love or I personally love, I guess I can selfishly say, getting to know uh, our readers and inviting people to be a part of the magazine. All right. Thank you, Carrie. And and this is just one way. I mean, this has happened because of social media. We connected and now we've gotten to know one another better and are sharing your story broadly with the higher purpose community. So thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much. If you feel like you don't have purpose at work or you want to clarify your purpose at work, we have a free five-day email course you can take with daily challenges and action steps to help bring the meaning you are meant to have in your everyday life. Go to kevinmonroe.com slash work purpose.